Welcome back. Another episode of the Coys Are Us podcast, episode 48. The whole crew is here. And it's Glory, Glory, Tottenham Hotspur. Good guys, too. Man United, zero. And we all predicted a win. So I guess on some level, maybe we were expecting that. We I don't think anybody predicted a clean sheet, though. So we'll get into everything. That happened on Saturday. Um, the crowd, the tactics, the handball, not handball. Um, and I guess just what this means for the start of our season. So before we dive fully in, I just want to get some quick reactions. Kim, what are you thinking as you're watching the game? And then kind of how's, what's your feeling at the final whistle? So as I'm watching the game, like I would say like the first 25 to 30 minutes, I didn't think we were that great um I think Man United we gave the ball away to Man United a little too much for my liking but it felt like the team got focused they sort of calmed down um so maybe it was just a bit of adrenaline um first game at the new back at the new stadium there are a lot of like you don't think about it but our team is very very young now um a lot of the guys who were there for a long time you know Sonny is the elder statesman and he's 29. And exactly. And there are a lot of people who are 25 and under. So a bunch of our team is just very, very young. So, you know, 30 minutes where they were not on top of their game should not be unexpected. And so, but you could tell they settled down and it at from, from 30 minutes on, it felt like we were sort of always going to be the team that won. And I'm not going to say like Man United got chances and they blew some of those chances. So this, this game could have easily been... 2-1 us 2-2 as well like there were mm-hmm. chances that man united had that they they just did not take and so um but you could say the same thing about us we've hit the post a couple times in this like in quick succession yeah, and, yeah. <clears throat> and and you know we we had shots some of them were just off target um so i just think in general my my entire um ethos about the team has just been you know you can tell they're trying to implement Angie's system and you can tell they back themselves to be able to do it. And to me, if you're going to play like this, you have to be confident in playing like this. And they, even though they don't do it all of the match, you can still tell that they believe that they can do it. And I think that is the first hurdle into getting any of this to be a very consistent thing. And so the way I look at it is we're, we're playing well enough to be in games and we're playing well enough to, to win games. And as long as we continue to do that, I'll be happy. Happy indeed. And and Ben, you just reminded me that son's actually 31, not 29. That's a completely different age. Those two years make a huge difference when you talk about football players, you know, it's like once they turn 30, they're used goods. Um, yeah. That's like the athletic over the hill, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Maybe that's a good place to go. The front three still has not scored or contributed to any goals, but we now scored two goals in both games, or at least had two goals rewarded to us. Um, Maybe if we didn't score all of them ourselves, what are your thoughts on the offensive tactics? But more specifically, is there any concern about our front three uh, this, at this early point in the season? It's still early. So I'm I'm not going to get too concerned yet. Um, 
if they continue to play like this, obviously there'd be some concern. I think the Perisic, uh, you know, he was a sub for Charleston. I think, I don't know if he actually ended up getting an assist technically because it was an own goal. I don't know if you get an assist on that, but. Um, well, Davis had the last touch before the own goal, so it would have been his assist. <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. I would call it a contribution, even if it's not going to show up in the stat line, the yeah, stat Hockey assist. But, you know, obviously there's, there's short-term concern and I hope that things will click, but it's so early. We had, we had uh, so little of a preseason. Kane left just before the first game. I mean, it's kind of tough to expect our front three to click, especially in the systems they've been playing in for the last few years. Um, I really hope Charleston will start to to be more involved. And I don't even know if it's necessarily all his fault because he does seem like he's putting in a lot of effort. Uh, there were a couple times where I think Kulisewski probably could have played it into him and he took kind of tame shots. Uh, although Kulisewski looked better I think there were a couple times where it looked like Kulisevsky could have played in Richarlison and took kind of tame shots um it's you know hopefully he can start there's a little bit more interplay there uh Kulisevsky I thought did look better though uh, I thought the whole front three looked better this this past weekend versus last weekend Kulisevsky probably in particular um well he I mean he didn't get an assist but he did serve in the ball that led to the deflection that led to SARS goal. So yeah, um, from that perspective, and he's, and he's now contributing with his right foot in addition to his left. I think premier league defenders now know that he likes to drift onto his left foot. And so they're kind of forcing him to use his right a little bit more, but Richarlison was subbed off and was not happy. <laughs> he uh, looked frustrated and upset and, yeah, I think I think he knows, you know, that how much the club invested in him, especially with Kane being sold. Uh, there's a lot on his shoulders right now from an offensive perspective. He scored one goal in the league last year. Like I think everything that people have been saying about him, he's very aware of, and and I think he's probably putting as much pressure, if not more, on himself as the fans are putting on him to produce this year. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel like you feel, or I'm not at a level of concern yet. I feel like he'll come good. I feel like this system and what it asks of its center forwards are kind of play to his strengths. So we'll see. Um, if if we're two months into the season and he still hasn't scored or assisted yet, then I think then it's time to maybe hit the panic button. Yeah, and I even saw that he talked to, I think, ESPN Brazil and said he was more upset with his performance and then, you know, actually being subbed to him. It was like, you know, he he thought he should have played better. Um, and he's like, he's been scoring goals in, in training, so you just expect some to come. So, you know, we'll see. Um, and like you said, I think we can look to the system to, you know, give him chances. And I think once we all, once the whole team gets up to speed, like I feel like the defense in the midfield is pretty, they pretty much are up to speed. But I feel like once the front front three actually gets to clicking, you can see you could see moments of interchange play um, between the midfielders and you know maybe some of the front line. So maybe if we start to just see more of that, um, and I and I do think playing a team like Man United, who was going to allow us to more stretch the field gave gave both Kulisevsky and Son more time to be on the ball and more chances to get into the box. And so I feel like things might be different against different teams. But the thing that I like about the system is that it's not just going to be on our striker to score goals. Like we should yeah. not just expect the goals to come from our strikers. We should expect defenders to be in the box. Like the reason Sar got that goal is because he 
put himself in the box. He made the run. There was a deflection and he was in the right spot. And that's the thing that I think will just, will allow us to just continue to create more and more is because guys are going to be making that run. It's, it is in the game plan to get into the box. And I mean, that's, that's, the, that's between... the other thing I was going to say too. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a run that the midfielder is being discouraged from making with our last two managers. Like they're not going to make that play and we're not going to score that goal because the system wouldn't have allowed it. Um, I think an interesting part going into the game was obviously there were a couple changes from the Brentford match with Poro coming in for Royale and then Saar coming in for Skippy. Jesse, when you saw the lineup, what was your thought? Um, how did you think it might play out? And then and how did the actual result compare to what you thought might might happen? Yeah, I mean, I was excited to see Silky Saar in the lineup. And uh, I think that was exciting. And um, so nice to see him play as well as he did and, and get the result. I think afterwards, I just said, like, what, what a freaking galaxy brain on Ange. Like the two substitutions he makes from... You know, it was an encouraging, if not a victorious, um, uh, you know, attacking result in the first game. Um, he subs in one guy who uh, and Poro who forces uh, ends up forcing the um, the the own goal that uh, that sealed it. And um, and Sar, the one who scored the goal and had an overall game. So just like I mean, man, what a what a choice. Not that that's going to happen every game, but the two guys you sub in, including one of the the first game's goal scorers. Um, getting subbed off in Emerson or not subbed off, but rotated in, in the second game. And then you sub on two guys that, that directly or, or pretty indirectly create goals. Like that's a, that's a great situation that really doesn't feel like we've had that kind of luck or depth, you know, um, recently. So, you know, nice to see um, Sar, you know, really just, again, he just, he, like there are ways that the guys with his build and he's not necessarily like, that particularly tall, I think, just because of his his likeness. Yeah, yeah. This feels wrong. This says that he's only five ten and a half. I know, like soccer players are not that tall, so we've got some guys that are shorter. But he looks like he's six one, six two. But I believe the buck fifty, you know, soaking wet, probably with his full kit on. But he just looks so <laughs> smooth out there from that from the lankiness. Is it's easy to look awkward, but he just looks so comfortable and calm on the ball and composed and. Um, nice to see him get some get some results, uh, you know, in a, in a goal there and, and doing some stuff. And he had he had a pretty that was him in the first half that uh, I think had a good shot that was deflected or saved. So it's it's not as if like it was like oh he was just in there you know just got lucky at the moment. Like Kim was saying that like he's you know part of the game plan, part of his role is to is to get in there. Um, and so it was it was good to see him. I think um, I don't feel like we made a sub until. A bit later on, I think Richie um, was the first sub. Yeah, and that was what like seventy. Trying to look here, seventy three. Um, looked like uh, that was the the first sub. So, um, yeah, I get why. Like, of course, you should be upset at uh, at at coming off when you you know you didn't ultimately do your job. A striker like him, a center forward like him, like your your goals to score goals and so like definitely get that he was upset he seemed like he was good vibes you know uh on the bench afterwards so you get that i think it was i was texting a, a good friend of mine who's an everton fan that you know we're constantly just being like you know richie brace him. richie brace incoming and so like that's the they put up a stat at one point during the game that's like oh he's got one goal in 29 appearances for tottenham and i was just like while a that is facts only like that is how many league goals he has in that many appearances it was just so misleading because like, if you were to look at, you know, actually how many starts that he's had for Spurs and, and how often last year he was playing, you know, out of position or getting subbed off to earlier, get hurt. I mean, he only played 
you know, uh, let's see, a thousand minutes last year and 160 minutes this year. So he's played roughly 1,200 minutes, um, which is like 13 games. So yeah, would you expect your striker to have more than one goal in 13 games for sure? But remember the generally rigid, non-possession-based, non-featuring Richie's skill set that we were playing in, in his entire first year there. Non-rotating so, the, the lineup. Yeah, I, I think he's going to come around. And just trying to find in a lot of those lineups he was – Kane was there as well. When you have a guy that, you know, the, the best, the, the best guy who does what he does in the, in the world, you're either going to be getting into the spaces that Kane wants to be in or, and crowding him, or you're going to let him have some of those spaces and not be, you know, doing it. So Richie's going to be fine. Uh, I still think he's going to hit double digit goals this year. We'll still to see the rotation a little bit, but not over the top because it was, it's game two of the season and it's one week, you know, it's one week in between games. We know we're going to have less congested, uh, fixture schedule this year so happy to see it happy to see you know a, a little cameo from uh, peh that he's still out there and and uh, and solomon make his debut so at first i was just like look at look at gentle ben with just the, i thought he rolled just a couple of cleats over it on the first on, when it was live um you know and ultimately it was an og but um, that was big we're not no one's talking about that our second leading goal scorer or third leading goal scorer the last couple of years owen goal what a signing. Like once again, <laughs> back contributing. It's okay. It gives Richie some more time to get his legs under him if Owen Goal is going to be back scoring, bagging something every other game. Well, Richie's going to need some support from uh, from Owen because uh, I'm looking at Fop Mob here and looking at all the, the ratings that players got. He got a 5.8 on the game, which is really bad, especially for a team that won 2-0. It says uh, ground duels, he won one of seven, aerial duels, zero of five. So not great. Successful dribbles, one of three. And accurate passes, nine of 14. Just real quickly is uh, there's a certain Spurs uh, striker that was pretty famous for getting off to a slow starts and not scoring in August as well. Um, so point. I think we can at least give a Charleston a month or two before, um, you know, well, yeah, I mean, if, well, if he finishes the season on 25, then all will be forgiven. <laughs> That's definitely true. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, on a more serious note, though, I, I do think this first half of the season is really important for him because depending on how we finish this window, um, he might be given the keys to the offense. And if he's not able to prove himself in that time, you better believe they'll be looking for another striker in December or in, in the January window, rather. So um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, speaking of rotations uh, with Poro and Sar coming in Ange spoke after the game and said, you know, it wasn't anything that Skippy or Emerson did wrong. I just wanted to rotate because I wanted to kind of give a different look, give guys an opportunity. It's early in the season. My whole team is young. They're playing in a competitive league. Many of them are going to be getting Premier League minutes for the first time, and we're going to need everybody to be prepared for that. And so now and and you got to also remember which i oftentimes forget he only got hired and only got hired maybe seven weeks ago so he hasn't even been at spurs that long um for him to even really know what he has i think he has an idea of who he wants to play and who and who needs to leave but there's that in-game experience that you're not going to get on the training pitch and i think we can expect over the course of the first few months um, for him to do a lot of rotations, a lot of substitutions, just to kind of give guys different looks. 
I think we're going to see a little bit more of Manor Solomon. We still haven't seen Lo Celso play, which maybe we'll get a look from him if Madison is actually hurt. Um, PEH came in and gave some quality minutes off the bench. Who knows if he stays or leaves? Dav, same thing in the first game. So I, I think there's going to still be a lot of guys getting looks and opportunities, which is exciting considering that was something that Conte never did, that he was very against playing anybody off the bench or changing his lineup at all. And we've already seen it in the second game. So that's fun to see. Watching the game with DC Spurs at the Irish Channel, shout out to DC Spurs. And I said to my friends, you know, whoever wins the midfield is going to win this game. Um, this is going to be a midfield game. They had Casemiro mounts Fernandez, and we obviously had Basuma Sar Madison. We clearly won that battle, particularly in the second half. Basuma and Sar starred. Uh, Madison was also very good, but the other two midfielders were, were so good that nobody even talked about how good Madison was. <laughs> um, and so, like, there's a lot to be encouraged about from this midfield. Ben, is it a situation where our team was amazing or should we not look too much into this because United is just a bad team right now? Uh, I think it's too early to, to answer that question without, you know, uh, without just, um, you know, on, on, on the sample size. To be you fair, know, they that, probably should only be on one point this season yeah, because, say, they, you they know, look great in their first game. No, but I mean, yeah, it's just, it's too early to, to know in general. Um, I think though that based on the game, I think it's you know I think it's it's um, a lot of positives to take from it. Uh, I think Kimmy mentioned this, but in the first I don't know 15 minutes, we were we were definitely not the ones on top. Um, I think though by the end of the first half, things had fairly evened out, and then the second half we just looked much better than them. And I don't know if that's a fact of them tiring. I don't know if there's a factor of us getting kind of buoyed by the early goal in the in the second half. Obviously, the the way you know the the way that luck happens and when the goals happen definitely changed the game state. Um, I think that we did have, we were fortunate in a couple of ways uh, in the game, but I also think that we were on the front foot. I think that there's that whole cliche about you creating your own luck. Um, and I think that we certainly are much more in a much better position to do that with Ange's style of play versus, you know, Conte Mourinho. Um, that's how you get more own goals. That's how you uh, tire other teams out is by taking it to them more by trying and to, um, you know, it kind of force your own style to on the other team rather than let, letting them dictate the play. So I think just having a much more proactive of, uh, you know, style gives it gives it a lot more confidence to the fans, a lot more enjoyment to the fans. Um, as far as as how much to read into this, I guess what I would say is that we were all kind of bracing ourselves for a potentially bumpy, especially beginning to the season. So it's great that so far it, we, you know, we've, we've looked, I think uh, probably a lot further along the line than I know I expected. And I think probably better than a lot of people have expected, like Jesse was saying for Ange to make those, those two changes in this game and have them both just look like, you know, some of the best two players in the match was, was really encouraging to see. Again, he just keeps saying the right things. Um, so I, I take a, a good amount of encouragement from the, the first two matches and especially the last one. But I also, I want to, you know, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I think we've, we've all preached a little bit that fans are going to have to be patient, that there are going to be some rocky times. I think that that still is true. 
let's wait wait and see how things actually play out um and i think he's also done a really good job himself about like tempering expectations because he doesn't really even get too high either like he's kind of like yeah you know we're playing well we still got a lot of work to do i don't see him getting in these emotional states that our last manager got in where it was like everything's amazing or everything's falling apart um and that's exactly what we need right now especially with such a young team um i think they need that steady steady eddie who's going to be able to kind of just like we're doing a good job. Let's keep working. Okay, we dropped some points. Let's keep working. Like just keeping that focus is going to be important. I mean, you also talk about not getting too ahead of yourself uh, so early in the season. And I, I just on a whim decided to look at where we were at this point last season. Uh, our second game of last year was the two-two draw at Stamford Bridge, which was oh, like wild, that wild. crazy, that crazy Kane header at the end. So we were sitting on four points at that time as well because we won our first match. Well, the year um, before, we won our first three under Nuno. one oh one oh one oh. Well, yes, we won our first three <laughs> matches. I'm looking at last year, though. We went uh, without a loss the first two months of the season. Um, had three, one, two, three, four, five we wins and we two draws, right? Yeah, that was exactly the time. Well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were all kind of like, oh, we're getting the results, but we don't really look that good. And then October 1st, we lost away to Arsenal. And then that was kind of it. And then when I look at the rest of the season, I think the longest uh, streak we had without a loss was basically uh, four games in March and April. Uh, the rest of the season, it was basically just up and down. Every win was followed by a loss or two. Um, and that was basically how the rest of the season played out. So a hot start does not a season make. And there's still a lot of football left. But there's no reason for us not to be excited right now, right? Um, the football looks a lot better than it did at this point last year as well. So, Kim, what is your takeaway of Ange so far? I mean, I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say because everybody's pretty much saying the same thing about this guy. <laughs> but what do you what do you love about him the most? What do I love about him the most? Um, I think it's just and he like you say, he doesn't even seem like he's like the most like cuddly guy, but you can just tell the team just believes in him. I feel like he just exudes its confidence. Like, I know what I'm talking yeah. about. And if you guys do what I say, you guys will play well. And I feel like you're, you see it here and there. Um, but I feel like that's his thing. And he just has this confidence about him that you just sort of like, listen to him talking. You're like, okay, cool. Like that sounds right. And so far so good. Um, the one thing I do want to make a note of is I just want to see, cause it happened two games in a row where we weren't a bad team in the first half, but we were vastly we seemed much better in the second and we did that against, against Brentford. We didn't score, but we were on the ball for the first like 25 minutes of that second half where it felt like if anyone was going to score in that game for like another goal, it would have been us. And I felt kind of the same way against United. It felt like they couldn't play with us. Like we were just running circles around them in that second half. And I didn't expect to see that. Like I expected, I think I expected our midfield to be better than theirs based on how they played last week, but I didn't expect it to be that much better. Um, I think United has a lot of stuff to work out. I don't think they're as bad as they've shown, but, um, 
but yeah, I just, I, that's the thing that I, I just want to see if we end up um, tiring teams out and that being a feature of how our team moves forward. And so I just want to put a pin in that for, you know, later in the season to look back and see how that play, that pay, blah, plays out. Yeah. And I'd be, I, mean, I know I'm, I'm the XG guy, so I'd be remiss. I, I try to use it as a thing that, that that's the silver lining or the, or the, Hey, it could have gone another way, but everybody calculates actually differently, but overall we're, we're roughly down. Like uh, we've, we've generated about uh, depending on where you're looking again, like three XG and they've given up closer to four. So um, uh, Vicario made some, some pretty monstrous saves um, uh, on Sunday or Saturday. So uh, you know, that not that again, actually is everything or, or results are everything, but we do look good, but there are some, you know, things, but also we knew that when we got Vicario, that he was going to be an upgrade over current form um, Hugo. And then I think there was some stats we had talked about in the pod about that. Like he, he was first or second in uh, Serie A last year and um, goals saved above whatever XG is for, goalkeepers like he had he had made you know some really good saves that he the otherwise shouldn't not that that's going to be sustainable forever but if you have an acrobatic keeper who can make those kind of quick reaction saves um you know that's going to be something that is a little bit more sustainable than if we just got a, a few that he got lucky on yeah i'm actually glad you brought up uh slick vic because uh obviously the midfields got a lot of credit i thought Vicario was man of the match. Uh, I, I think I'm probably in the minority there, but part of that I, I think was probably because I wasn't really sure how I felt about him going into the game. I felt pretty good about Basuma. Um, I felt, I mean, I'm, I'm Basuma to me is going to be the MVP of this season I, until proven otherwise. I, I, I'm going to believe that until it gets proven wrong. Sar, I had a lot of faith in, especially after the, uh, Milan match last season. I thought he was outstanding in that role. So I didn't feel too much concern with them. Vicario, I wasn't really sure what to think about him. Um, I'd seen some of the preseason matches. Okay. He looked decent against Brentford, but nothing that really was eye-popping. And he made some really clutch saves. Like, you see sometimes a team like City where they have 67% possession and Ederson gets a clean sheet and you're like, well, you didn't really do anything. Like, Vicario, he earned that clean sheet, you know? Um, so for me, that was the biggest, like, wow of the game. And so that's that's who I would have given man of the match to. I think most fans probably um, would disagree, but I, I'm, I'm sticking with, uh, with Vicky on that one. Any other thoughts on players, uh, standouts, or obviously Saar had the game of his life, his first Premier League goal. Um, Anyone else stand out for you? I mean, Basuma just looks great. I saw a tweet that said somebody that Conte should be sent to to jail for uh, for for not playing. <laughs> I, I, I saw a lot of those tweets last year. I saw a lot I mean, of those tweets. How does this guy not play last season? He looks terrific. But these these two guys were on this team last year, and they barely played. Yeah, and they're they just bossed the midfield against Man United. And so you just got to be, you just got to question tactics reasons as to why they weren't playing like we questioned it a bunch all of stuff i mean we definitely <laughs> we definitely did we were i th- this podcast was definitely on a where's basuma train for a very long time it was bizarre yeah. way too much um, pierre but the the one player i do want to um he he like didn't have a game that would stand out in this match but udogi is just 
good. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't yeah. I don't there's nothing else you can say. That kid is just good. Like there were so many talks about, oh, he's a wing back. Is he gonna be able to defend? No, that guy can defend. Like he just stands people up. You don't see that many people just blowing by him. He has a lot of pace and he can get into the box just like um any of our midfielders. Like he plays that inverted fullback like role to like perfection. And the only reason I think he got subbed is because he picked up that yellow card. I feel like if yeah. he didn't, he probably would have played that that full 90. Um, but yeah, overall, it's like the new players that came in, they're all you can just look at them and just, they're all solid. Like there's a base of a good player there and you if if we have a good coach and if we have a good development team, you can see them just getting better because I don't think any of them are bad players. We did not. I don't feel like we've signed any bad players. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how all of them can just contribute to what we have going forward. Well, as we look forward, want to look forward to next weekend, we got Burnmouth away. Bournemouth coming into the game on one point. And that's going to be an early match, 7.30 on the East Coast. I think it's 6.30 Central time. Who's who's planning to be awake for this match? Anybody? I'll be up. It's my dog walking time. All right. There it's, we go. We, you it's can't... the first match I can watch, like, live. And so I'm going to go to New York Spurs. Just uh, walk the – just give the dog laps around the couch. <laughs> just, he, won't, he won't know. Um, your floor might know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Bournemouth are coming off of a, in their first match, they scored a late goal to draw with West Ham and then did the opposite against Liverpool. They scored very early to take a one nil lead before giving up three and losing that game at Anfield. So they will be returning back to the Vitality Stadium to take on Tottenham Hotspur. What are our thoughts about this game and i guess we'll we'll start with ben to give the predictions for week 3 yeah so i'm curious to see what what lineup we uh we use now versus bournemouth i don't care you're, well the, you're ni- the the nice thing the is we don't we don't already what, know what it's going to be <laughs> that's the nice thing that is true yeah but what what how does bournemouth play are they 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 don't sit too deep do they I have admittedly not seen um, either of their games this year, so I would probably just check out the highlights um, at some point this week. Um, but they are going to be playing at home, and you know, I know with teams like your Bournemouths, your Forests, your I don't know Brentfords, like they typically play a little bit more aggressively at home than they do on the road. So whatever that's yeah, worth, they'll also be playing against. A bigger club so you know spurs are coming to town i don't think they're going to get carried away we'll probably see a flat back four and a pretty modest midfield they play Solanke up front um but i don't think they're really going to be bombing at us yeah i, I mean I, I see us having a lot of the ball obviously um yeah i i no idea what who we're gonna what the the, the lineup will be i wonder if he's going to you know, keep trying to rotate some people. You were saying earlier about him potentially trying to give more people look see before the the, the you know the window closes. Yeah, and um, there's this still the James so Madison be... question about him walking out of the stadium in crutches. Yeah. Uh, was that precautionary? Is he actually hurt? Um, and like you know, if if we're if our star number ten is gonna get hurt, um, 
away to Burnmouth is not the worst time for it to happen. Might be a good opportunity for Celso, for Los Celso to get a little burn. So um, I might yeah. I might actually be excited to see how he plays with a full ninety. I can't I believe I'm saying that. <laughs> I, I, believe I, I'm I would saying that. I would definitely not mind seeing a little Los Celso just to see how he does look in the system. Because um, yeah, you hear it. I mean, it seems like. Like you were saying earlier, Sanchez is still potentially on the selling block, it sounds like, uh, and Hoybier. Um, I haven't really heard much about uh, uh, Celso, at least for the last week or so. I know teams in Spain were interested in him just a few weeks ago. But anyway, uh, as far as how it's going to be going to be this weekend, like I said, I can foresee us having uh, quite a bit of possession. Hopefully our front three will look a little bit more dangerous. I'd really love to see some, some more uh, involvement from them. I guess for my prediction, I'll go. I'll stick with three-one. What I had this past week, and I at least got the margin of victory correct on that one. So I'll, I'll keep my three-one. I think that uh, as you can see from the expected goals, United a clean sheet was probably flattered our defense a little bit because we did get caught here and there. But uh, between the the um, the uh, recovery speed of our back line and then you know what looks to be a pretty good goalkeeper early on, uh, looks like a decent decent shot stopper and and pretty athletic. I can see us, you know, potentially riding our luck a little bit with expected goal with our with our high line. So, but yeah, I'll go three one. You actually reminded me of something about us getting a little lucky because I didn't even bring up the the VAR not penalty call, <laughs> um, which I think was a, a a huge moment in the game. And and Bruno Fernandez, who's the new captain of United, was whining about it after the game and saying, you know, they gave Wolves an apology last week. They need to give us an apology this week. Jesse, can you explain to me how that was not a penalty? Because I thought that was an obviously going to be put on the spot, and it was not. And they, he yeah, I was I was shocked. The bar was at, did not have sound, so I was doing my best to try and figure out what they were what they were saying. But, I mean, like every angle, every, every uh, replay, it looked worse and worse and worse just based on, like, he, you know, you've seen it before, like he's, it's not in a wildly unnatural position. He's actively trying to put his hand closer to his body to be with him, like the core or frame of his body or what have you, but it wasn't there yet. And it hit its hand and it was in the box. And like, you know, and we've I, seen that call made. We've many, seen that many, call many, many get made a lot of times. We've seen ones that were less, not, I don't know if it would have been on target, but we've seen balls that have been questionable that, that, that have been like completely on the corner of the, of the box facing yeah. the opposite direction. I forget who it was. It was, it was like the second game, the second to last game of the year, a couple of years ago when we snuck the in Eric the Champions Dyer League that, yeah, when it was like, just kind of booted it and the guy's like backing away from it, it, it grazes his shoulder and we get a pen from it. It was on a goal. So you've absolutely seen it. I I don't know what they're looking at. I don't know if they, if there was an internal premier league uh, referee memo that was like, Hey, uh, we got to even this thing out with United. They got away with one, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's, there's no explanation on, uh, on how to, on think... how that, uh, how that happened. One thing before that I, I was thinking of the, the looking at the roster as it was out there, I looked it up. There were times that it was pretty cool that we had basically half the half of our squad was half of English's or half of England's starting 11 yeah. Yeah. And then three um, Belgians that were the, you know, the, the spine of the, uh, of the Belgian defense. Um, and so then we had, we had eight guys from two countries looking at last, uh, um, last match uh, from, from defense all the way up. You had an Italian and Italian, Dutch, Argentine, Spanish, 
Malian, Senegalese, English, Swedish, Brazilian, and South Korean. It's pretty freaking cool that there's only that we've got 11 guys out there and 10, 10 nations represented. And then the subs, even there was, there was some almost equal amounts of, of uh, national diversity from a, a Dane, uh, a Croatian, a Brazilian, and an Israeli and a Welsh. So it's just kind of neat. There's not any other sports that, you know, generally most of us are going to follow that you're going to have, you know, that there, there might be, that's, that was, I think 14 countries out of the, uh, the 16 people that, uh, that were on the pitch. The only repeated ones were, um, were, uh, were Italy, Italy and Brazil. And those are pretty good ones, you know, historically football nations, if you, uh, if you're going to repeat any, but just kind of neat. I mean, there might not be when your hurricane football team opens the season against my Miami Red Hawks in the battle of Miami's, there might not be 14 <laughs> States represented yeah, across that, across those, <laughs> those lineups. And yeah. that's the same amount of people on the field. And we're talking about 14 different countries. Just it was a neat thing to see. I remember um, a while ago, I think Whopper was the first team to do it, or at least maybe someone the first team to mention it. But this was maybe like seven or eight years ago. But I remember like w- watching a Spurs versus Watford game, and they like put up the graphic and put everyone's country, and it was eleven guys from eleven teams. We were pretty close tonight. It's just kind of neat that, like, in the same reason why I talked in the beginning of the season about like the the sunny effect, and you've got all these South Korea fans that are tuning into every Spurs match. Um, and you're going to have all these Australian fans that are also tuning in and following every Spurs match because of Ange. It's kind of neat that, you know, there's going to be somebody in 18 or 15, 14, 15 different countries watch. I mean, more than that, obviously, but watching Spurs because one of their own is on there. And that's really, really neat just to the the from a, a spirit of, of fanhood and footballing is, is neat. That there's going to be so many different people that have a rooting interest to someone in Spurs or hoping those players do well. But then and also it's the biggest sport in the world. Uh, growing like the brand, the yeah. The world, you know, represented on the pitch. You know, some yeah. people are, are going to hear what you just said, and the and the only thing that they're going to take away from it is we need more homegrowns. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, there's there's definitely going to be a different thought about that from maybe some pods on the other side. But I will say it does get you to think, like, are we going to get into a problem where we don't have enough homegrown players on the team? And, that is something that we do. Have we to already have that problem. And, well, uh, and yeah. I think that's going to that's going to decide some of the decisions that we make in terms of who we're going to actually leave, let leave uh, like your Jaffet Tangangas and um, I can't even think of who else. Eric Dyer. Oh, Eric Dyer's not homegrown anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's that's uh, going to be an important part of the next. What do we got? Ten days before the end of August. So. We'll see if people are going to go. It's pretty much going to happen, have to happen this week. So between now and the Bournemouth game, I, I think we should have a good idea of how our window is going to close out. Um, ben gave a 3-1 prediction. I'll go next because I had the same score line. Um, we did keep a good clean sheet. Unexpected. I don't know if I'm going to be riding that clean sheet wave just yet. I, I need to see a little bit more. I will say I am very confident in our center backs right now. Like I, I really like the Romero Van de Ven pairing. I feel like they're vibing a lot better than I would have expected considering these guys like just met a week ago. Um, but they're young, they're athletic, they're pacey, they're confident that, you know, like a lot of it's figuring itself out for right now. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be the case when we're playing the, the man cities, um, but for right now, I feel pretty good about our defense. I just don't know if I feel good enough for us to keep the ball out of the net 
Um, so I'm going to go 3-1 because I do think we'll we'll have a lot of goals in us. I don't want to be boring and choose 3-1 too. Um... <laughs> the pod's getting too predictable. Jesse's last, so he's going to he's gonna say six goals or something. Don't worry about it. Because we're away from home, I'm going to go 2-1. Um, okay. I think all right, that's good. That's yeah, safe. I, I, I think well, it is safe. Um, but I think it could be possible that you know we we do all the things and we get into the box, but things just don't come off for us as much as you know it could for three goals. But I like I said, I think we have three goals in us, but just to not all choose the same thing, I'm gonna go two one. I think it's definitely gonna be a plus twenty shots type of game. <laughs> Or at least I hope so. As I as I wake up at seven thirty and watch the game from my bed, five. I'm going three two. Same same prediction I had with uh, with Brentford. Felt like I was almost right with that sunny cut in late, but uh, yeah, I mean yes, I feel good about the the defense as well. But um, you know, like on a on another day, Vicario doesn't make one or two of those really special saves, and we let one in. So the the defense is you know kept the clean sheet last time, but that was a big um, a big shout excuse me a big shout out to 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 big dick vic for uh for making those saves there um so yeah three two <laughs> a win but uh but not the um not we got the, bdv uh, and we got bdv look at that i was i was thinking about going three one but i didn't know i would like cam I, I i pivoted at the last second and gave up one more goal shout out to the listeners uh i, I met some i met a, a lovely couple at, at the irish channel this weekend who said you're the guy with the podcast. Uh, I listen to it every week. <laughs> me and my girl, we she she never lets me uh she never lets me listen to it without her. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Um, so shout out. We love to hear from the listeners. Uh, we haven't plugged our social in a while, but if you've been listening, um, please subscribe. Please give us comments. Uh, give us five stars, of course. Uh, if you're if you're gonna rate us any less than five stars, and don't rate us. Um, we can also be found on Twitter at Koizaros Podcast as well as Instagram or at Koizaros Podcast as well. Um, we've been soliciting our followers for some questions, and I believe we got one for this week. My guy Ben from Queen Spurs BMB4290 on Twitter has asked if we could only sign one, should we focus on a striker or a winger? Um, we sort of talked about some of this last week, but I think after, you know, another game, I think it's another, still another thing we can talk about. So uh, what do you guys think? Ooh, I am tempted to say winger um, specifically because I feel like the winger that we have that's most equipped to serve balls in is a 75-year-old Croatian that plays off our bench. <laughs> um <laughs> I love what he brings to the table, but he's not going to be playing 90 minutes. And so I, I would, I mean, and I think Manor Solomon will get some looks and, and I'm still excited to see what he might bring to the table. So maybe it's premature. Everything's premature right now because we've only seen them play two games, but I'm still holding out blind faith in, in Richie. I don't know why. Um, every time I watch him play, I get fed up, but I keep saying, ah, next game will be better. I don't know why. Uh, but I I also think uh, on a serious note that like the system itself, you want a you want a striker that's going to be able to create pressure. Yes, they should be scoring goals, but a lot of the goals are going to be created from the midfield coming crashing into the box anyway. And so the winger is really going to be the one creating a lot of the offense. Um, and if that's not happening, I have a, a lot of 
questions about Sun's ability to serve up others. And so that's that's probably behind my answer. Yeah, I think I also believe in in Richie. Um and and we've seen different system and all that, but like Kane used to be injury prone or at least would miss some games, usually with a with a lower leg and ankle or something. And Sun would step in very, very, very well. Again, different team, different players, system, yada, yada, yada. But um, not that Sun is a direct backup by any stretch um, for, for Richie, but I feel like, and, and we've already seen, goals can come from other places, um, right? We've got four goals, two defenders, uh, a midfielder, and, uh, and an own goal created by uh, a defender or another defender. So um, the, the, the guys up front will, will start putting the ball in the net themselves. Obviously Madison Kulisevsky are still helping with, with the creation of some of those things and sun's adding some pressure, but Richie's a good striker. He's going to be fine. We've got, uh, you know, some, all of the wingers, uh, that we, that we have, nobody can deliver an aerial ball, um, you know, from, from open play, like, uh, like Parasich and, and though we're, although we're using Parasich way better this year than we were last year where he was starting a bunch of games at, at his uh his advanced age and and lack of defensive skill set but um yeah I think winger would uh would be the one I mean we we have you know in theory some depth there at striker not immediate this year depth but but seasonal depth in um what is it Lapiz Feliz the the young Feliz yeah Feliz thanks the young Argentine again he's not going to play this year I don't imagine, but, uh, but yeah. Winger and Super Dane, don't forget about him either. Yeah. Yeah. The most English name. One of the most English names of all time. Dane Scarlett. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Before we close out, I uh, want to open it up to some shout outs before we go. I, 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 I wanted to specifically name that couple that I met this weekend. I know they introduced themselves, but I was on a bit of the drink and and I don't want to miss their mix their names up or say the wrong thing. So uh, I, I'll make sure I get you guys names next time I'm in, I'm in the channel, but, but thank you to, for listening and, and shout out to you guys and shout out specifically to the girlfriend who's been making sure uh, to, to keep, to keep her boyfriend honest. Yeah. And then last one, we did get a question last week that we forgot to actually mention on the pod, but Trini Bev on Twitter, um, you know, has been a listener for a while. Um, you know, yes, really, he's really been nice leaving guy. us a lot of great comments. Shout out to him. Yeah. Really, really nice guy on Twitter too. So if you, you know, follow him, he's a fellow Spurs fan as well. Um, so just want to give him a shout and out. And a fellow Caribbean. Indeed. I haven't watched with a with a yeah. club yet this year. I don't have any uh, immediate ones on the on the schedule. I wish the yeah. Memphis Spurs club was closer to my house, but I get why it's not. And uh, uh, yeah, so no no club shoutouts for me. Maybe uh, maybe the next few weeks I'll be somewhere while while I'll watch it with some friends or some clubs. Sounds good, and that's definitely on my bucket list for this for this year. I definitely want to try to visit some more OSCs. So um if you have a great one and yeah uh, you want us to come visit uh who knows give us a shout and maybe we'll pop up uh at some point this season uh with that we're gonna wrap it up get that win against Bournemouth. come on you spurs come on you spurs come on you spurs, come on, you spurs. Come on, you spurs.